0: All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA FanCast. Tune in.
1: Oh, <laughs> baby, what time is it?
0: You're listening to MMA FanCast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Pearson.
1: Welcome to the show. My name's Luke, and today I am joined by one half of 247 Fighting Championships Brawl in the Berg 4 main event. His name is Timmy Tyler. Welcome to the show, Timmy.
0: What's up? How you doing? Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. It's great having you on. I love to cover um, regional fighters, and you're going to be in the pro main event for 247 Fighting Championships, Brawl in the Berg 4, which is going to be the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Kind of let's jump in right there. We'll go backwards at some point, but jump in about how you're feeling about this upcoming fight, uh, which is Thanksgiving Eve.
0: Well, I'm feeling great. I didn't know I was in the main event until the day that the fight was announced. So I got instantly excited because I'm so young and, you know, it's going to be my first uh, main event at my uh, my age. So um, I've actually been training or in camp since about like June, my coaches, managers, they they just been telling me, you know, stay ready. So I've actually been going to war, you know, sparring, hard sparring and all since about June. So um, I feel like this is the end of my camp in a way, you know, because I've been putting in the work for basically almost a year now. So I'm just enjoying this last, you know, month. I think it's a month or two fight. Just enjoying it, you know, like uh, not so much like hard training, just. I'm still gonna like you know put in the work in there, but I'm gonna like have fun at at the same time, you know. Not not gonna put so much pressure on myself because you know um, even though it's my first main event, like like I said, I'm ready for all of this, and I just want to get in there and make a statement. First main event, so
1: absolutely, it's a great opportunity for you. And you mentioned being a young fighter, being young in your MMA career. When did you uh, first? Take your first MMA amateur fight, and then when did you go pro? And how's that been for you so far?
0: Um. So I my first amateur fight uh two months after I graduated high school. So okay. Really told anyone how I started this. Um, I wasn't planning on fighting or anything. You know, I had I had wrestling. I wrestled all my life. So, mm-hmm. but I, I was a football player. I wanted to play football. So. There was one day, I'm just sitting on my sister's couch, and I'm like, hmm, let me look up underground fighting stuff. And I was on Facebook the whole day, just typing in, like, underground fighting and, like, little leagues, you know, and I came across this poster for a fight club champion, I text number on there, and I, that's why I started His name is Jason Martinez, a good friend. I wasn't planning on, you know, being Timmy Vicious Tyler. I was trying to be like Calvin Johnson, you know, so...
1: And so it sounds like you didn't have a lot of training going into your first amateur fight, mainly just the wrestling. And then you took the fight.
0: Yeah, I took the fight and I grinded it out for, um, basically the rounds, uh, I got, uh, I took like the end of the fight. So basically use my natural wrestling to like get me through my first amateur fight. I got put to sleep, but like, you know, that night, um, a lot of people like saw, like, you know, this year, I think I was about 18, I was 18, young kid just, and I was the brown jiu-jitsu, so that was my amateur debut against the brown belt, and I'm just a wrestler, so shooting it, like, shooting it with my head up, you know, chokes there, so I was getting out of all of his submissions, I, I could, I might post, post it on my Facebook, like, I had literally had no jiu-jitsu, and I'm getting out of arm locks and arm bars, and you know, slamming him on his head, you know, like it was just natural. Was my instincts, you know, like just how to get out of something, just my natural instincts. So the next day I'm um, in the hospital, um, I'm getting phone requests. It's, my phone's blown up, like, because a lot of promoters dead serious, you know, they all wanted to mm-hmm. sure. wanted to work with me, you know, they wanted me to start on, on their car or not. So that's how I really got into this. Like I was planning on being a football player and I was just bored one day on the couch and I was just looking for some excitement. literally and um I came across the FICO champion poster my man Jason Martinez uh, he's been with me since the beginning so he got me got me into it
1: yeah I mean that's uh it's good that it's working out for you I think a lot of people sit on the couch and think about oh what would it be like to fight but don't actually have the skills wrestling or athleticism to uh to actually do what you did you mentioned dead serious MMA which is a big promoter out there in the New Jersey area. You're from the New Jersey area, right? Near Philadelphia, but over by Trenton in New Jersey. And uh, that's a great area for fighting. When did you start training at American MMA and wrestling? You're wearing their hoodie now. When did you get hooked up with that?
0: I got hooked up with these guys um, a year ago, actually. A year ago in August. So, I knew of of this gym. Um, I don't know, you know, um, James Jefferson, the promoter of Global Proving Ground. Um, around that time, I met GPG guys like Bob Maloney and um, James Jefferson. That's the time I met like Nick Catone and, and American MMA and Wrestling. Because our gym, our gym, actually faced uh, one of uh, American MMA's, uh, which is one of my teammates now, Ross Mata, mm-hmm. my my uh, my boy, Ross uh, so, Mata. I knew of that gym, but, like, I never really checked it out. And then um, the uh, late uh, Shane LaRock, um, a year ago, I texted him on Facebook a few days before his passing, actually. I think about it all the time. I text him on Facebook. I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking for a, a gym and, you know, strength and conditioning coach. And he told me, you know, check out American MMA Wrestling. Like, and he told me so many good things about Nick. And just crazy that a few days later that, me you and know, Shane was going to link up. You know, I heard that he passed away. So. You know, rest in peace to him, and he—he's—he's he's the one that got me to where I'm at as far as uh, this gym, and I thank him every day. Each day, I get better. I thank Shane for, you know, opening the doors for me in a way. You know, sending me in the right path before his uh before his passing.
1: Yeah, it it shows how connected the MMA world is. Obviously, our thoughts go to Shane's family, Um, but it does show how. In MMA, even though it's a solo sport, you go in by yourself, you need not only your team, you need people that don't even know you that want to care about you and want to at least give you some advice, get you some connections. You're one of many fighters I've interviewed who talked about how important it is to get a nutritionalist or a strength and conditioning or a different coach or a different environment. So what has the training been like for a year? You transitioned over to American and what's that whole process been like, including COVID?
0: Man, so I I say this every day, almost everyone that's close to me. Like I really thank COVID for coming at this time because um, I'm coming off this year. It doesn't even feel like I, I fought this year, but I actually fought this past January and February. Mm-hmm. So February, I'm coming up a first round TKO win. So my plan was if I'm healthy, like I wanted the cowboy mindset. You know, if I'm healthy, I'm gonna fight. And I wanted to fight every month this year. That was in my head. I'm like, if I'm healthy. And I'm so and I'm with I'm with a real team in a real gym now. So I'm like, I could beat anyone. You know, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna be in the gym training and getting, you know, anyone can get beat. So if I'm healthy, I'm gonna fight. COVID hit. So for the for March, April, I say I kind of like, you know, like just home you and know, just hanging out with my friends or whatnot. And then um, I signed with my management, uh, rP RAP management. Uh, owned by uh, Sean Rappelport. He's um, a Tiger Showman guy, you know. He has, like, a lot of uh, his students are in the UFC, you know, Mike Trisano and, um, you know, uh, Shane Burgos, those, all of those guys. So, I got hooked up with, with that guys, all so those guys, I'm sorry, as far as, like, my career went, you know, because I'm, I'm coming off that loss, and I'm like, the old teammate, I would have jumped right back in the, into there, you know, except in any fight, you know, like. So, I'm like, you know, I want to do it the right way. So, it's time with management, and then, you know, I wanted to be able to just focus on the training. So... And I told my manager, I said, you know, you know, you know, you heard of me, you know, I like to fight, blah blah, whatever. I was crazy when I first started talking crap on Facebook. I really matured and chilled out. Like man, I'm. I see a complete different Timmy Tyler, and I every day. I'm like, I feel so blessed, you know, that I'm given all these opportunities. And in the beginning, I kind of messed up my relationship with a few promoters, but I recently just started reconnecting with those promoters. So it's just my new image, you know. doing sure. Things different. So um. But uh, yeah. So what, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going on and on about uh.
1: Oh, I appreciate you know. you. I appreciate you sharing, uh, particularly about the the change in your style personally. I was asking about right. COVID, and you said that it was kind of the perfect thing right, to yeah.
0: make you train. Right. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. COVID. It you know it really gave me a chance to really focus on the things I wasn't good at, and everyone knows like you know I. Most of my losses, well, all of my losses have been by submission. So I've been training in Gi for the past year and a half, and I recently just got my blue belt. So that was a big accomplishment for me, you know, um, besides my son being born and graduating high school, like getting my blue belt was like one of my greatest accomplishments because I'm like, like you, I'm I'm learning, you know, I'm I'm learning a new art, I'm I'm adapting and all, you know, Mm -hmm. getting comfortable where I'm at with my brothers, you know, my, my coaches see me, they see my hard work. So if I wasn't working hard or anything, my, my coach Nick um, he wouldn't, you know, have promoted me. So I'm blessed for that. So COVID really gave me a chance to really turn it up a notch as far as like what I'm not good at. And I'm so excited to like showcase my skills in the main event on November 25th. Like I'm so calm and, and, and like most fighters would probably be like, you know, anxious or whatever. I'm nice and relaxed. This is me. Like, I'm like this. And then when I go to the gym, I beat them up and then I, I'm back to normal. So I'm, I'm I'm different. Like I was, I started off like crazy and I was a young kid, you know, I was trying to be the first like in my city to like, you know, turn pro or whatnot. So I started off 0-3 and I'm like, yeah, I got to do something. So I had to step back and get back into it. So I'm just really excited for uh main event, November 25th. It's going to be a good fight. You know, my opponent is a uh, quality opponent he's not a scrub or anything and I know he's going to bring it and I'm going to bring it but um I'm looking for uh I'm looking for the W at the end of the night.
1: Sure it, you really shared a lot about the maturity that you've experienced outside of the cage you know what you say on Facebook the attitude you have in approaching fight and I, I think that's actually oftentimes missed on fans because uh, it's so easy to just look at what people do in the cage and forget that there's a lot going on emotionally, family, congratulations on your child, by the way, you know, there's a lot more important than just what you do in the cage. And so having the right priorities and having the right team, as you mentioned, Nick Catone's name several times, really makes a difference on who you are. It's also good. You mentioned Trenton Zadarko Um, getting the right opponent and getting a matchup where it's about the fight. I understand trash talking happens at all levels, um, but like you said, it can kind of catch you up as opposed to focusing on really the opponent and what that looks like um, as a fight. Um, Talk a little bit about your learning BJJ and what's the first experience in BJJ, whether it was when you were just learning at white belt or now that you're a blue belt where you felt like it clicked and maybe you pulled off a submission that you hadn't been able to, or you learned something that you, that you always just thought, wow, that's cool, but I can't do it. So when did it start clicking and what was it specifically?
0: Honestly, uh, I competed in my first Jiu Jitsu tournament. I think it was, uh, September, October
1: mm-hmm.
0: or early this month. Yeah. Maybe, maybe early. no, no, it was last month. Definitely last oh, wow. okay. Compete competed in my first, uh, no, you know, Jiu Jitsu tournament, no gi. Sure. so I'm gonna tell you the, the interesting thing about this one. So you know, I'm uh, like I said, I've been in the gym since June, so I've been managing my weight. So I'm about 185, and you know, I was gonna to cut to 170 for the tournament. And I'm like, nah, it's all season tournament. Like, I'm a pro now. I'm not getting paid for it, so I'm not gonna cut weight or anything. So, um, I went in there at 185. So I won the tournament, you know, in my division. So that was my first, you know. Competition as a jiu-jitsu guy first jujitsu competition under money gym. So I went out there and smoked every guy and got first place. So it was interesting about that. And I knew I was, you know, pretty good at this jiu-jitsu stuff is when um I'm uh the next day, me and my boy Brian Torres were sitting at my house and I'm just we're looking at the tournament brackets, whatnot. And I was facing guys that were 210 pounds and up. So wow. I'm like, wow. So I just smoked guys were like light heavyweights, basically Right. like, like nothing like it was a piece of cake. And I'm like, all right, it's not always about muscle and all that it's about mm-hmm. technique and whatnot. And that's, that's all, that's what really clicked that, that day. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at this, this, this jujitsu stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's also great to know that that's an experience that just happened last month. It's a fresh experience really coincides with what you were talking about being so proud of getting your blue belt and really seeing that growth that you've experienced. It also points out that you're not the first person to bring up how jujitsu tournaments can kind of, they are organized, but they can kind of also be strange. Like obviously you weighed in at 85, why you were wrestling or why you compete against guys, which would be at least a division higher, who knows, but it does give you a sense of confidence. Uh Speaking of that, what is the, what is the weight goal for this fight? Because I've seen Trent fight, and I thought he was an 85 or a 205. So what's this fight at?
0: This fight will be at middleweight, 185.
1: 85. gotcha, gotcha. And so um, are you confident and comfortable? That's what you were just talking about, how explosive you felt. You you have cut to 70 before, and what's it like being at 85 now?
0: So I've been at this weight 85 basically the whole year, so my body has already adjusted to – you know, the, the the muscle I put on, I put on a lot of muscle since uh COVID hit. Like I said, I got to do a lot of things. So I wasn't looking like a toothpick anymore. So, um yeah, so um my, my management, my coach, you know, well, my manager, you know, we're talking about the fight, and he's like, you know, this guy's pretty, you know, he's bigger than you, You know, you, you got him, and I'm like, I've sparred. I've been across the, the gym sparring with Hector Lombard, no. Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva. I've been hit by these guys. Like, I, I've faced, uh, I can't pronounce his name, some weird name. Is, uh, his Instagram name uh, is Gutho. He, at the time I was in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, I was training with those guys. So Gutho, giant heavyweight um, uh, glory, yeah, I think he's a glory Glory fighter. I always get glory and one mixed up, but he's a glory fighter. I was in camp helping him get ready to fight for the uh, glory heavyweight title. So, I faced bigger guys all my life. Growing up, even in street fights, I've always been the smaller guy, knocking people out. So, like, um, like I said, I've had this whole year been doing a lot of training, conditioning, putting muscle on, getting stronger, getting, getting, getting faster, you no know, more loose and whatnot. And like, um, I'm I'm excited to to see what I do at middleweight, and I do my best when I face um bigger guys. And I've seen Trent does his best when he cuts down to 85. So I want to see my best against his best in the main event of the night. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great fight. Expect fireworks. So I want to see his best 85. I want to see my best facing the bigger guy. I'm always the the underdog in a way, as far as like size. So I've knocked a few guys out that are bigger than me. So it's not going to be any, uh, any different. I I, I hope in, in, when, when I get in there. So of course, I'm going to – I want to finish. I want to knockout. But if it does go three rounds, like I said on my post, like, it's better for me because I get to show you guys what COVID has, you know, taught me. Sure. So.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of fighters coming out of COVID are either going to have progressed like you're talking about or they won't have put the work in because nobody's watching them. Nothing's going on. It's really the classic test of do you want to do it? Or are you only doing it because right. like and, forcing and, you to do it? I think it's going to make a big difference?
0: And one thing, like I said, I've been in there since June, so I was getting frustrated, you know, I was the, the stuff I was doing. And we had so many good classes and practices and had so many good sessions uh, from June until now. And I'm like, you know, I was getting, in, you know, impatient because I'm like, I'm tired of beating up guys and, you know, in the gym, I want to go out there and, you know, like improve my record. So I was getting frustrated and, you know, like, but I still got up and I'll still go to the gym, even if it was for like, you know, thirty minutes or like an hour, you know, like even like three three times a week or right whatnot, I was always in there, you know, staying ready and and I was like really excited and happy when I got the the message about uh November twenty fifth. And it made it even more special when I got the update that it was the main event. So I get to go out there and, you know, showcase my skills and um, I know Trent's the hometown guy technically, but in a way, we're both hometown guys because I my career started in PA, so the PA crowd, and they're familiar with me. Everyone knows crazy. Well, they knew crazy Timmy Tyler, but uh, even the commissioner, you know, there's the commissioner serving, uh, Mike, Though come up to me, like, if I'm cornering a guy, it will be like, not a word tonight, Tyler, not a word. I'm like, oh, sh- won't get no problems for me anymore.
1: Oh, no. So. <laughs> so, so it sounds like you transitioned from crazy as a nickname to vicious and because obviously at one point you were a little bit less controlled was,
0: and 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 no one, no one knew this point but my first nickname was uh tantrum <laughs> oh my timmy tantrum tyler
1: <laughs> it makes sense with the t's it makes sense with the t's and it sounds like your personality fit the right. tantrum back then Um it's so it's so valuable for fans of MMA to recognize how important regional promotions are, whether it's two, four, seven fighting championships, obviously it's so great that they're giving you this opportunity, but so many people just sit back and watch belt or, or the UFC and think fighters start there. And they don't, they have to have an entire career in amateur usually, and then pro coming up. What is, what is something that you can distinctly know now that you know, that you didn't know, At your um let's say two years ago because you've been fighting since you're 18 so what's something that you think has really grown in you in the last two years
0: yeah I've been fighting uh, for about six years now I started in 2015 I'm 23 now so um what I've learned honestly is like a promoter matchmaker will tell you anything you want to hear just to fill up their cards so um I look back and I, I tell my friends my teammates every day my coaches every day like I look back at the the quality guys I was facing and did my amateur career with we a six, six and six, six and one record. So, um, 13 fights, one tie, six, one, six losses. And I won two belts in two different weight classes <clears throat> and it's unique because I did that <clears throat> without proper training. Yeah, There was a good year, you know, in my amateur career, it was a good year where I actually had proper training with like legit schedules and coaches and all. Um, I won't say his name, uh, everyone knows he's Navomi screwed me over. So um, I don't want to give him any attention, but yeah, um, that's what I was in Florida with, it was a big mess, whatever. Um, but other than that, like I won two belts, won six fights. Um, I went to a draw, even though that draw wasn't a draw, everyone could watch, go back and watch that fight. But, um, I did that with no, like, legit training. I was doing backyard stuff and LA fitness training. You know, I was I didn't have real, real sparring partners and whatnot. So I look back and I'm like, the stuff I know now, I honestly believe I would have been an undefeated uh, amateur fighter and definitely 100% undefeated pro fighter right now. If I was patient and, like, trained and with the killers I have right now and the, the, the mindset I have right now, I would be undefeated. I'd probably be on a contender series right now. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. Like I told you, I didn't really know about it. I was just watching it on TV, but I wanted to play football. I knew everything about football. I knew, like, you have to get, like, scouted and whatnot. I didn't know you had to, like, train, you know, three times a day and, 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 like, you have to get noticed out there. Like, I did my first amateur fight. Honestly, I wasn't thinking, like, yo, this is the beginning of a pro, being a pro fighter. I wasn't thinking, like, go out there and, beat them up where blah blah. get your name out there, you know, top. I didn't know any of that. I was like, Hey, it's just an event. It's just something I'm doing. So.
1: Well, that shows the growth and the maturity for you. And I think it's good advice for the young fighters, particularly the the new fighters. um, Like what you said about promoters that you've got to really have a camp around you that has your best interests in mind. So you're not just going with whatever. Um, It's a valuable thing that promoters put on fights because otherwise you wouldn't, have a record, but at the same time, you have to be smart, and that's why I think you've been mentioning how um, how pleased you are to get a main event, how pleased you are to get this opportunity. It sounds like you have a completely different mindset. It's also wonderful to hear that you can see the growth in yourself so much that you know if you knew what you know now back then, it would be different, and that gives you a confidence now because that's the only thing we can do in life is look at the growth we're experiencing and um, and make the best of what we have today so on that note uh give us a prediction or your final thoughts on the fight um that way we kind of have a a nugget of what you're looking forward to coming up november 25th
0: so like i said of course i i'm excuse me i'm sorry about that i said um everyone wants to finish of course i want to finish because that knockout or that submission win or whatever it could set me up in a position to do something good for my family you know what i'm saying i could knock them out and get a call to like be on a tour, even even a UFC card you know what i'm saying like so of course i want to finish of course i want you know someone to, to look at it you know um like dana White or something like i wanted to be out there on social media mm-hmm. but honestly personally i want this fight to go all three because i want to show everyone like what i'm capable of um, my coach, he was talking to me, he actually told me, he's like, I actually do want to see you go all three rounds. Cause like these guys, my coaches, they see what I do to these dudes in the gym and my teammates. I'm not saying my, my guys are scrubbed in the gym, but like it's, it's a war zone in there. And, and, and like, I want to go like all three rounds and showcase my cardio and, you know, movement and, 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 technique and all. And like I said, if I get the finish, then I get the finish, but I'm going to try to take him in the deep waters that's what I want to do is take them deep waters and uh, put the pressure on them.
1: Yeah. I think that's, we've seen that with some fighters where if they get a couple knockouts, their entire game plan shifts to all just knock them out, as opposed to that well-rounded MMA that you're talking about, where you've got the cardio, you've got the techniques, knockouts.
0: Right. And um, I'm actually, I have my records right now is uh, two and four. So my two wins are actually first-round knockouts in mm-hmm. under three minutes. So um, I think I'm starting a little, little uh, Jared Carter C- C- right near Robert Whitaker to knock out that
1: Wow. Those are two great references. I just was going to bring up Robert Whitaker when you were talking about feeling good at 185 and not not minding, performing well as the slightly smaller, faster guy. That's been Robert Whitaker ever since he moved up from 170. Of course, he lost to Izzy, and now he's back on the winning track, but he's still not a big guy at 185, and I think uh, and fighters are starting to realize how valuable it is to be healthy, to be quick
0: for you. Right, and 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 one one fight that I really look back on, and um, I, I say, like, man, Frankie Edgar against Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson looked two-weight classes bigger than, than Frankie. And I'm like, that's what gives me my confidence. Like Frankie Edgar, that little guy, he went up in, in there. And like I said, even Gray Maynard, these guys were like, they dude. looked two two weight classes up and Frankie grinding them out and competed at the highest level. So that's what gives me a confidence as far as like being the smaller dude, you know, seeing seeing um Frankie Yeager.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really think. Cool get a better, a better legend in the area of New York, New Jersey, um, than Frankie. I mean, what a what a great guy, the career he's had, and now he's actually trying to resurrect it at a lower weight class. But um yeah, you're bringing up great names and great experiences. Um it's been wonderful having you on the show. I can't wait to see you in action. They are selling tickets. I know it's the age of COVID. It's the Monroeville Convention Center. I, We want fans to get tickets. It's a limited crowd because of COVID, but still, it's wonderful to have a live crowd and to be able to do, they're going to do two events. You're on the first event, but uh, 247 Fighting Championships is also doing one the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So thanks so much for coming on the show. You've been listening to Vicious Timmy Tyler. Thanks again.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.